Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 651 of the Juicebox Podcast. All right, let's see what's on tap today. We have Ashley. She has type 1 diabetes. She's also the parent of a child with type 1 diabetes. She is also in recovery. There is uh, a lot going on here in this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I have to tell you, it wasn't until late into this one that I even thought to make it an after dark, but uh, I think it qualifies. So while you're listening and trying to decide if I'm right, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes or care for someone who has type 1 and are a U.S. resident, please head to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and take the survey. It will take you fewer than 10 minutes. And when you do this, this nice thing, this survey taking, you will be helping people with type 1 diabetes and supporting the Juicebox podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. Find out more about the Omnipod dash and the Omnipod promise at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. All right. Hey guys, my name is Ashley. Um, I'm here to talk with Scott. Perfect. Ashley, you were the first person to get it right. Don't tell the other people. That was excellent. Um, (laughs) What's your connection to type one? Do you have it? Are you the parent of someone that has it? (sighs) I have it. I was diagnosed in 2001 and my daughter was just diagnosed in August of last year. So 2020. Wow. So you've had it for 20 years. Yes, sir. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Uh, Seven or eight, right around there. Wow. Actually, you're young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize how young you were. Yeah, Yeah. seven or eight. And I don't really like remember diabetes at all in my childhood. You know, my parents controlled most of it, but like, I don't remember food restrictions. I don't remember, you know, Mm -hmm. any devastating things about, you know, diabetes back then because tech and everything was so much different. Yeah. It just felt like a normal part of your life and it wasn't intrusive. It wasn't very intrusive or you just didn't think of it that way. I guess I didn't think of it that way. It just was something I had to deal with. Can I ask you, did you have, did you hit any of this, the common speed bumps, high school years, college, stop taking care of yourself? Did any of that stuff happen? Um, most definitely. I've, um, I had a wild childhood. Um, not that I like grew up in a bad area or did bad things, but like, you know, I had a sense of entitlement and I, you know, thought nothing could kill me. So I had, you know, I had a rough patch of, uh, fun things that could be a after dark episode, but <laughs> we'll keep that for that type of podcast. But, um, yeah, I ended up, you know, getting clean and I stayed like that for, you know, eight years. I got pregnant in the mix. And then once the pregnancy happened was really when I cared about things. Ah, okay. So I'm just going to pick through this lightly. Cause I feel like you are okay to talk about it, but you don't want to go too deeply. So, um, an addiction? Um, an addiction of more anything, really. Um, whether it was more 
more drugs, more sex, more food, more weight loss, more anything that I could have more of is what my problem was. I understand. And, <laughs> and well, you know what? It's funny. I there's this person who jogs through my town and they look like a human muscle on top of bones. And no matter when you're driving, you see this person running and I don't know them, but I always imagine if they weren't running, they'd be addicted to something. Like that's just the vibe I have from them. Like that like it's <laughs> I know I don't know it's a ridiculous thought to have, but it feels like, like a replacement theory. I definitely get that. Hundred percent feels like that. Like mm-hmm. I just I think if I lock this person in a room with any of the things that you just mentioned, they'd be like, Well, I don't have to run anymore <laughs> because I'm gonna do heroin. You know, like it's <laughs> and I'm gonna do it great and a hundred miles an hour, the best heroin user. Like I feel like that's the vibe. It, is that how it felt? Like like that, like just anything. Yeah. Just anything, whatever, whatever made me feel good, I wanted more of. So it could have been a person, it could have been really anything, Mm. you know, when I was younger, it was books, you know, I would stay up late in the middle of the night with a flashlight reading books, I liked Mary Higgins Clark, I was reading that in like seventh grade, why? I don't know, but I did. (laughs) Ashley, now making every parent of a reader worried. (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine it's not don't worry about that it's fine reading was good I just I didn't myself have any other source of expressing things so I took everything to the extreme yeah this was not um uh because of like a like you weren't filling a void there wasn't something that you've noticed now as an adult that was missing Oh, of course. We, we, you know, I've unpeeled all of the onions if you wanted to unwrap that route and got, you know, maybe not too close, but close enough, I think, to realize some some patterns and things like that to change my life, you know? Okay. Well, then swing around to how did that impact type one? Did it just like, if I'm like a million miles an hour, not going to take care of it? Um. Pretty much. I, I ran my basil really high. I didn't when I was when I was younger, and I was rebellious and whatever the case may be. I ran my basil really high because I was just not correcting. I wasn't carb counting. Um, and I just did whatever I did. When I look back on those things, when I see now, like I took a, I went on vacation recently, and I took a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like a half mile walk and my sugar dropped you know, cause I didn't tempt my basil. I didn't do the things that I would normally do now. Yeah. And like my sugar tanked. If I was, ha- I don't know how that didn't happen to me when I was a kid, but it just never happened. Like I was never, maybe once I was in the hospital for DKA right. and I've never used glucagon or any of those things. So you, ever. you were like jacking up your basal insulin so that you could eat with impunity and not think about covering carbs or any of that stuff so just this a massive amount of basil that sh- they and then you yeah you almost like I, I i knew that i needed the insulin and i knew if i was going to be a jerk i needed to do something about it my mom was still test your sugar prick your finger test your sugar prick your finger you know mm-hmm. but after 16 17 she wasn't getting through to me I if see. you will <laughs> yeah so so up until then it was she was just badgering you to to check yeah. And then I hit 18 and she, she took, you know, she gave me control mm-hmm. and like, you know, it was my decision. I was an adult. Like if I wanted to do the right thing, it was my time to do so. Yeah. I have to tell and you. like, she let me, you know, hit that bottom and every bottom has a trap door. So like I hit all of those bottoms, my sugars, you know, my A1C was like 13, 14. 
Wow. Just regularly. And I felt fine. So, so you're, <laughs> yeah, well, because you titrated up to that spot where your body was just like handling the mess, really. Like it was, yeah. it was letting you feel like you were okay, even though obviously you weren't. Exactly. I felt comfortable with my sugars at 300 all the time, you know? So let's juxtapose this conversation onto a different one for a second. So now you have a child who has type one. Yes. Okay. How old were they when they were diagnosed? She was diagnosed at six or maybe five. She was diagnosed at five and then she had her sixth birthday this January will be her seventh birthday. How old is she now? Six and a half. Okay. So not, not too long. So let me just ask you this one simple question. You going to dump all of her diabetes care onto her when she's 18 or will she be too young? Ah, you want to know what? I am so very conflicted by it. I am so very conflicted by that because like, I want to, you know, be overbearing. I want to send the text messages. I want to do all the things that I'm doing now. Right now, she has an under six A1C. Mm-hmm. Within one year of diagnosis, she has no restrictions. She does whatever she wants, and she's fine, you know. Yeah. But like when she gets older, I I I feel like I want her to have control and like make the right decisions because like it wasn't, you know, I wasn't coddled, and I appreciate not being coddled, you know. Is it a personality thing? Like, I don't mean like, so it might be. Yeah. Cause like what you're seeing is coddling it might be. In, in the right context might just be seen as like supportive. Like, I, yeah, I, I want her to be able to make the right, de- right decisions and make the right choice and the things like that. You know, I'm not going to tell her, mm, I don't have an answer for that question. If she asked me for the help, obviously, but right. I'm not going to force it on her. You know, she needs to be responsible for her own actions. But if it takes And that's her- probably because of the time I did getting clean and sober and stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 You have a different perspective because what I was going to say is if it, if it, like if it takes her till she's 21 and a half to figure it out, like there's, I don't see the value in just abandoning her at a number. Do you know what I mean? Like saying, well, you're 18. You're in no, I mean, my mom definitely didn't abandon no, me no, at no, a no, number, no. but like she put doctor's appointments on me. She put my refills on me and things like that. Yeah. That stuff's reasonable. Like, I'm not saying that's a completely reasonable way to handle things. Um, I just think it's the management part of it. You know, like the, hey, mom, I'm 20. Like, I I can imagine Arden calling me being 25 years old and being like, I'm about to have a really complicated meal. And I don't 100% know how to bolus for this. You you know, like, do you have any insight? And I don't know that I would be disappointed to hear that phone call. I think I'd be like, wow. No, I definitely wouldn't be disappointed. But if we flipped it from my daughter asking me, and I asked my mom that question, she'd be like, are you kidding me? I have absolutely no idea. Once I switched from shots, and they put me on a pump, I think I was diagnosed in 2001. So I was in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. By the time I was in seventh grade is when you know, the schools changed, I went to middle school. And that's when I started the insulin pump. So once I started the pump, I was kind of like, you know, a somewhat mature ish kind of person. So I handled all of the pumping. Right. So she at this point has no idea how to handle that. I'm realizing so it's funny watching her with the kid. Yeah, I'm realizing listening to you and thinking back on other conversations that when that trans transition happens from MDI to pumping, if it happens at a certain age, the parents don't come along for the ride. That's really common. Like it's like, okay, well, this is a new thing. She's old enough or he's old enough. Um, he'll understand it. I don't need to understand it as granularly as I did this this previous management style. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty common. Um, how does 
this is going to be a little bit of a short, uh, a side road, but how does overcoming an addiction change your perspective on what people need to mature? Hmm. Um, all right. So I was trying to think of how I was going to work that. That's why I took a second and Take I started a little bit. <laughs> no, don't worry. So like they teach certain principles, they teach like going through programs, they teach acceptance and things that you can change and things that you can't change. And then it, it, it allows you to realize that you're not in control of everything. And there's other things at play. And just like the common, you know, I don't want to call it dogma styled religion because it's not religion and it's not book like that, but like the concepts that most dogma styled religions incorporate are things they just kind of lay out in simple form. So like things like, okay, I, I, I listened to an episode about the, the M&M kid, right? Yeah. So if we want to pull that all into play, like I like my coffee. Every time I drink coffee, I had an issue every single time. So I could accept that there's an issue with coffee. What can I do to change it? Or how can I better it? Or can I just not do it? Right. So then from that point, it gives me decision makings and options and things like that. It doesn't make me feel so backed into a corner with things. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to, like, it, the more people talk about things like this, the more addiction seems like an odd, like, like the other side of a coin of control. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm looking for something to control. I can control how much or how little of this I eat, how much or how little I run, how much or how little I'm high, like that kind of stuff. Like that seems like the control part. Um, yeah. Then that's, that's my everyday life. Like I don't obviously use anything recreationally and things like that. You know, I'm not the mess that I was when I was, you know, but all of those things still come into play. I go through days right now we're doing a deck experiment. So my partner, I'm with a female. I've been with her since 2008. We had, um, you know, breaks in our relationship and things like that. But so regardless, my part, my partner is now wearing a Dexcom. So we've been, you know, feeding her things and trying to see what's going on. And, um, you're doing oh, man, I totally lost what I was. No, it's okay. I it happens to me too. <laughs> I talk too much all the time. Um, <laughs> So we're doing the, okay. So the control issue and the the wanting more, that's where I was going. Right. She's wearing the Dexcom and like, it bothers me watching a normal pancreas work. Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm being more carb conscious and making, you know, better timing decisions and things like that. And we can even bring it to like when the baby was diagnosed, she was diagnosed at like a nine point something. Mm -hmm. The next couple months, she came back down to under a seven. So I was like, how does she have better? effing blood sugars than I do. Like I'm handling everything. Why is this better for her? What was the answer? So like that ego and the competition and the wanting better and like the, that, that, that addiction concept, like she's doing better than me. That's not possible, you know? Mm. So then I started doing more and more. For yourself. For myself. Exactly. Right. right. That's fascinating. It is fascinating to hear that if you see someone without diabetes wearing a Dexcom, you could be like, angry about it and not that i'm angry but like i want to do it better kind oh i of. see i see okay like when you were talking of when you were the dexcom and you were comparing it with you know your daughter's information and things like that you were mad that you couldn't pre-bolus yeah I see. so like oh, that, i watch yeah. my partner and their body pretty much instantaneously pre-boluses them the minute i start saying like i'm gonna cook dinner now her sugar drops the minute she starts eating she drops a little bit more 
And then the food picks her back up. And I think that's wild. Like, how come my timing doesn't work like that? So that's what I'm to now. (laughs) That's crazy. Did you hear Jenny say that your body um, through like smells and like anticipates that you're going to eat? And when you have a when you have a healthy pancreas, like it'll start to isn't that crazy? Like it starts to bring you down like that. I definitely believe that, like how the brain can make a woman pregnant, like look pregnant, appear pregnant, have all the pregnancy symptoms, but not actually be pregnant. Yeah, what do they call that? Is that still called hysterical pregnancy or do they, have they changed that? That sounds like that. Uh, would not be I don't know. I would call it a placebo pregnancy, but I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> I, I might be getting this from a episode of MASH in the seventies. So. Oh, you're aging yourself and me on that. They, they, <laughs> they may have called it something different between, uh, I'll tell you what, hysterical pregnancy is I can look it up a very Googleable thing here. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I'm on it right now. Okay. Hysterical pregnancy. False pregnancy, yeah. yeah. Suedo, sciasis? I don't know. I'm not pharmaceutical. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Okay. Um, all right. So just a real quick question, because you mentioned that your partner is female. Uh, your daughter is yours biologically? Mine biologically, okay. yes. I just, I, I was just like, did they, <laughs> did they adopt a baby that had type 1 diabetes? Because that's some random... <laughs> No, imagine that. But uh, no, I actually, we had a break in our relationship over a course of a couple years. We've been doing this since 2008 and we were young, whatever the case may be. I was confused if you want to call it that. I don't know. But I met my daughter's father and uh, I was with him for a couple years. And then, you know, we had the baby, tried the whole thing. It just didn't work. Gotcha. Okay. Do you yeah. still, is he still involved in like, does he Yeah. I mean, we co-parent with him. I'm not going to say that it's the easiest, but they do great for what it's worth, you know? Yeah. Is that we bicker, but we bicker because we're exes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't, (laughs) I don't understand talking to people that you used to date. So the only time when you have to is because of children. And I understand every time it's uncomfortable. (laughs) We're in like a giant group chat. We have one with me, him, his sister, his parents, my parents. Then we have one with me, my partner, him and his sister. We do this whole silly diabetes talk thing that custody is a little silly we both see the baby or the child yeah. um every day for the most part oh, okay. i handle mornings before school he picks her up you know after school we switch around dinner and then we do it all over again it's excellent it really is kind yeah. of sounds nice i mean nice you know <laughs> for the for the situation <laughs> yeah uh, for this yeah. for what it's worth it works out great we live maybe 10 minutes away from each other you know, that's we, excellent. we do our best for what it's worth. You know, yeah, that's really we get along when we have to, we do joint holidays, we do joint birthdays and, you know, I give them diabetes cheat sheets and you know, the whole to do. How, how did you come to such a reasonable agreement? Cause it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about him. He comes to the house and my blood sugar will skyrocket, you know, 30 points just because, you know, he's pissing me off, but like, it's about the baby. It's about the kid. It's not about me. I could handle that, you know, yeah. rise in my blood sugar. I see. So did you, did, was this a, was this a joint decision or did one of you, was one of you the one to say, Hey, this isn't about us. So we're going to just have to, you know, deal with how we feel and, and handle the things that are right for her. Um, Even before the diabetes, <laughs> it kind of just worked like that. Oh, Okay. All right, so you yeah. were split before she was diagnosed. 
Yeah, exactly. We we were split for like three years before she was diagnosed. Okay, I have to take a drink. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. <laughs> You're okay. <clears throat> okay, before we restart, just because I, I know I know this and I can't pick through it for some reason, do two things for me. Say coffee. Coffee. And then tell me where you're from. Like what state or city or something. Where do you think I'm from? <laughs> well, it sounds very New York. but Yes. Yeah, okay. I am from New York. I'm from Long Island. All right. If you weren't on Long Island, I was like baffled. <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me. Born and raised. Yeah. Coffee and pissed off so far are like two of my favorite things that you've said. <laughs> um, no, just it's, 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 I don't know if other people hear it, but it's a, I find it to be a fun affect, um, <laughs> which you of course don't hear. No big deal. Do I sound like I'm from Philly to you? Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I work in a call center, right? So I deal with people of all talks of life all the time. Oh. I can't pick out where anyone's from ever. I'm sh- <laughs> I get lost in it in the uh, in the wondering sometimes. Even when I'm on the phone with somebody from like inevitably, while while someone at a call center is looking something up online, I'll just go real quickly. Like, are you in Nebraska? And like, how do you know that? I'm like, ah. <laughs> no, I have absolutely no idea about those things. But for a fun side fact that has no diabetes relations, I used to do the translation calls for um, Spanish appointments and things like that. Really? And when I would be speaking with Spanish patients, you know, I'm relatively fluent. Um, they would ask me if I'm from Brazil and I'm like, no, <laughs> I was born and raised in America on Long Island. You know, just <laughs> here I am. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a question that, um, since you said that, um, yeah, I go ahead. always dream of having two voice actors re-record the <laughs> pro tip episodes. Is that an impossible thing to do in Spanish? For me, I am not. No. I'm not the one for that. I'm not going to sit well, here and be like, yeah, I can definitely yeah. do it. But you sh- could be able to do it. It would just cost money, right? Like I'd have to pay somebody pretty well to do it. Because they'd have to, I'm, I'm imagining they'd have to listen with headphones on, but then speak into a microphone. Is that, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I you could just transcript it and just have someone Speak read it, it. yeah I yeah it, i don't know like it narrate it i guess like an audiobook type thing yeah i don't know if that would get clunk like i don't my problem is, is that you know a would be affording the talent to do the the job and b that i don't speak spanish so i wouldn't be able to qc anything that was happening i wouldn't, I wouldn't know if it <laughs> you was, wouldn't be like, able to verify anything. yeah like i could have two people looking at me and like let's just drop a couple of really horrible curse words in the middle here <laughs> he'll never know you know so i wouldn't be able to verify it but it is one of the things i think about um, I could definitely try and figure a way out about no, that. No, I'm not. I, on I you. think a lot. I stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> I stay up late. What are you thinking about when you're up late? Oh, I'm I'm kind of like a Type A personality to an extent. So I'm one of those like I'm going to make a grocery list. I'm going to do you know a to do list. I'm going to do a this list. I'm going to do that list, and then I'm going to do it all on paper. And then I'm like, oh, why am I doing this on paper? Let me do it all digital. And then like I you know the first hour on paper, and then the next hour and a half put in a digital, and it's just a whole to do. How does your partner <laughs> enjoy that aspect of your personality? Uh, okay. Organizationally wise, yeah, I say it works out well. Right. <laughs> So she always has like a good list at the grocery store. 
or do you? Uh, we don't really grocery store. We kind of do the whole either pea potter, you know, do the pickup from the store thing. I hate going in the grocery stores. Yeah. Space. No one likes going in there. <laughs> um, no, I won't do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So I just, I always imagine when I'm leaving the house to go pick up a couple of things, like as I walk past Kelly, now that COVID's here and Kelly works in our <laughs> dining room, um, I always like, I'm like, I'm going to go to the store and then I wait because I'm expecting to hear a piece of paper rip off of a pad <laughs> and be like, here are the things that I have written down over the last couple of days that we need. And when she doesn't hand me one, it's off-putting to me. <laughs> oh my God, That's how she feels sometimes. So she doesn't normally do those types of things. I'll do the big list and then I'm like, here, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And it's all mostly already saved on the, you know, saved on the stupid app anyway. Does it make you feel good to see things come off the list? Yeah. Okay. I'm one of those like, uh, so, so I wake the, the kid up around like seven o'clock or so, or maybe I pre bolus her around seven, then I get her up at around seven 30 to do the whole thing. But I'm up at like most days I'm like a five o'clock, five 30 type of person. Cause I like the quiet. I like the house, you know, no one's yelling at me. No one's asking me of anything. Right. And I don't get foot on the floor that way. If I wake up late and there's chaos and, you know, people are already asking me of things, I'm maybe it's not foot on the floor, but it just automatically the minute I wake up, it's just blood sugar rise instantaneously. Well, you described <laughs> that when your ex comes, your blood sugar can go up. Is it just an yeah, anxiety it. or like life, like life stuff? Do you think? Probably. I mean, maybe. But if you're up there. More or- than likely anxiety and things like that, but. You know, if I wake up by myself and no one's asking me for breakfast or where's this or where's that, you know, yeah, gotcha. I'm like, ah, I write good. No rise in my butcher. Interesting. <laughs> um, and, but you said you stay up late, but you're up early. How late do you go to bed? Uh, maybe like 1130 or so. <laughs> okay. So you're getting like six hours, maybe five, six hours a night. Something like that on a good night. Gotcha. Okay. How about um, baby stays with you overnight? Uh not always five nights out of the week how do you find man oh you know what i didn't even ask this is i can't believe i'm a half an hour into this let me ask you some more (laughs) diabetes related questions uh uh pumping both of you one of you both of us pumping both of us on dexcoms um when we when she got diagnosed um that weekend my partner was away and i was at my mom's house and she kept saying, like, she's drinking a lot of water. She's drinking a lot of water. And I'm like, shut up, Ma. Like, it's, you know, it's August. She's thirsty. And I'm not thinking anything of it. And um, Friday night, she wet the bed, which was abnormal. Thursday night, I'm sorry, Friday night, she wet the bed. Saturday night, she wet the bed. That Sunday, I mentioned it to my mom. And she was like, you should prick her effing finger. And, like, you know, then I go home because I didn't have a kid or anything on me because I was an irresponsible person at the time. And, you know, I couldn't do it. So I got home, pricked her finger, and I got the lovely high. So I call her father, like, hey, we're going to pick you up now. We're going to the hospital. So we went to the hospital. We got the diagnosis. We came home that night with the emergency endo appointment the next day. And I walked in with my Dexcom. (laughs) I was like, here's a sensor. Here's a transmitter. You're going to put this on the baby before I leave here today. Because there was no way that it was not going to happen like that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of forced their hand on it to put the Dexcom on her. They fought me for a pump for, you know, for as long as they could. You need to see the nutritionist. You need this. You need that. You need this. You need that. So I booked the nutritionist appointment. And then I gave them a food log that day. 
they let me do a virtual with the nutritionist within a couple uh, blah, 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 within a couple weeks and then i got her on a omnipod cool arrows the older one not the new one yeah well done um you had a dexcom but you also described yourself as not taking great care of yourself so you had a cgm before you made the change to once i was pregnant um i met with you know, one of the reps at the time, this was 2015, and they put me on one of the old scary ones that you had to like hold all weird and have like the holding right and the sticky right. And you had to like break things off. And it was a whole scary mess. But so I started using one of those back then and I stockpiled it because I didn't always wear them all the time. Okay. You know, closer to the time of. Yeah, I gotcha. I understand. What what made you begin to take better care of yourself was it the pre- it wasn't the pregnancy where was it the pregnancy i ended up with i think i delivered at like a 5.8 and then for it, my a1c but then did you go right back to how you were before after the pregnancy was over um i stayed at like a seven okay for the most part i stayed at like a seven for an a1c somewhere around there maybe a little higher maybe a little lower where are you now I am, my last A1C was maybe a month ago, and I'll pull it up from my Quest app because I don't want to lie on recording. <laughs> That's what you're worried about? Um, the- well, yeah, actually, yeah. you want to know what? Yes, I actually stayed up a lot thinking about this because there are, you know, I was nervous about parts of my life that I may not have wanted to come out but because of programs you know mm-hmm. i've done experience strength and hope types of like conversations like i i've sat in front of a room before and spoke about you know hard drug addiction for 20 minutes and like if i came on to you and i lied for an hour who am i helping yeah. i didn't want to do that so i i would toss it into her and here i am I not that. lying you, you <laughs> like this podcast don't you like you, um, I think it's interesting to be honest. Yeah. I may not listen to like the interviews, but okay, so, listening to the pro tips, it was kind of like he's not wrong type of thing. Oh, this so I'm interested by this. So you're doing an interview, but you don't particularly enjoy the interviews. Yeah, <sighs> I guess I don't know. I just I don't have the time in my life. I can, you know, I want to know how to fix my basil so i'm going to listen to that basil pro tip for god knows how long right, right but i don't have the time i'm doing i work nine to six i deal with the kid you know she gets sure. home at six i'm doing dinner i'm doing homework she's in bed by eight eight o'clock i'm cleaning up from everything and no i, I understand i listen there's a tv <laughs> show i've been w- trying to watch for three years and i don't have time to watch it um it's not that i don't get that i just think like, you referenced a couple things that made me think like she's listened to this Oh, I have. I've yeah, definitely listened to some. I've listened to, you know, some After Dark episodes. I've I listened to the the young Russian girl. I thought she was hysterical. I listened to your daughter's episode. I've listened to a few, but I don't actively you, listen. You don't actively listen to the interviews. But then what made you want to come and do an interview? I was intrigued by what you had to say. And, you know, I I agree with a lot of the things that you say and things like that. And I thought, you know, because of my program and you could if you could see me, I'm sitting here making like a silly face and silly arms and stuff like that. But like if I could help just one person, you know what I mean? That's really all that I wanted. Cool. Well, I'm up for that. Yeah. Let's um. Let, well, so what is the six point two? I'm sorry. My A1C as of October 4th was six point two. Wow. Congratulations. That's Thanks. excellent. And you're <laughs> managing you, your still. You're managing yourself and your daughter in a co-parenting situation. You both have very respectable A1Cs. How about um, what do you 
see in in terms of variability, where do you like to keep your what range do you like to keep your blood sugar in? Um, I my alerts are seventy and one thirty, but I'm a strange character. I don't. So when we were younger, diabetes wise, they had me on like the old ex- insulin that my mom had to know what my carb count for the day was yeah. before like giving me any type of insulin. So I was on strict meals at this time, this and this and that. And it was a whole like feed the insulin type thing. Yep. Once I started the pump, the manipulation of the insulin was a game changer for me. Yeah. So I pretty much go all day. I wake up and I drink six or seven cups of coffee and I don't eat dinner until like six o'clock, six 30. So my fasting, uh, no variables involved. Like my day basil is great, but my carb counts if aren't particularly correct at all times. <laughs> okay. Do you not, do you not eat um, a lot because you're not hungry or are you trying to manage your blood sugar that way? Uh, I just don't eat like that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I'm more. I'm not a carb count person. I'm not a carb ratio person. I'm more of like, mm, like when you said it, I heard you say it before in an episode. Like mm, that looks like it's six units of insulin, and like right. I get that. Cool. You know, I can't tell you how many carbs are on that plate, but I'm gonna need more than five units to start for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely believe in that. Um, okay, how did you find the show? Uh, the baby was diagnosed and then I was sent home at midnight and I was up till four o'clock having no idea what to do. <laughs> oh, so you're just looking around online. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And then I joined the group. I saw what people had to say and like, I didn't realize diabetes existed like <laughs> online. I, yeah, at all. Like in general, I thought it was a myth. I, I swear, I swear on everything. I thought it was a myth. I didn't know. Anyone who had it, I didn't know it was like a possible thing. And I just kind of like didn't talk about it and dealt with it. So like all these people online were talking about Dexcom graphs and doing this and doing that. And like, I want it to be better because that's just, I have a sense of entitlement and I wanted to do better than the graphs that I was seeing. And that's, here I am. Okay. I have two questions. First, (laughs) when you say, because you've said a number of times that you have a sense of entitlement, um, is that something that you believe about yourself or is that something someone told you? Um, probably both at one point. Okay. Um, I just, I was in a relationship at one point, not with my current partner and not with my daughter's father. That, that was um, not the healthiest. It was a little narcissistic to say the least. So like at one point I realized what I deserved and what I was worth. And things like that. So I don't like settling. Yeah. For other than that at this point. So I think it's a self-groomed sense of entitlement. I don't like the way that I'm feeling. So I want to feel better. So I'm going to do better type thing, I guess. I, I have to tell you that I don't see that as feeling entitled. Like, I don't think wanting to do better for yourself, unless you're using that word in a way that I'm misunderstanding. Like, I don't see. Yeah, maybe I'm not using it right. Well, that would be fun. Maybe. I don't oh, know. Let's find out. Um, I. <laughs> I think when you say that, when anybody says that, I think of the idea that you feel like you deserve something without having to put in any effort. Yeah. Okay. But do you feel like, is that how you feel? Like, is this something you deserve? You should just have it. 
Um, hmm. After 20 years, maybe, yeah. you know, I feel like I should have better control. Oh, okay. And things like that. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. No, so maybe it's like, well, I've been in this game for a long time. Like, this can't, like, I, this can't possibly keep happening to me. Like, right? That's not fair. Like, I've done this for a long yeah. time. I should know how to do this by now. Okay. All right. I, yeah. just, I just wanted to understand what you're saying. I wanted to make sure I understood what you're saying. Um, but now. Maybe course, I wasn't saying it right. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I really just want to, I want to be, make sure that you're clear. Then my second question was, you wanted to do this. So you could try to help somebody else. So what is it from having diabetes for as long as you've had, for living through an addiction, for having a baby who now has type 1 diabetes, what is it you think people should know? Today, I will be taking these few moments in the middle of the podcast to tell you about the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Are you on MDI right now, giving yourself injections? Would you like to get rid of those multiple daily injections? You can. You can get your insulin delivered through this wearable little pod called Omnipod. Maybe you're using a different pump and it's got a whole bunch of tubing on it. And that tubing is snaking through your bra and up your shirt and down through your jeans. And you think, I don't like this, all this tubing. Well, Omnipod doesn't have tubing. So that might be a nice thing for you to do. You know, make the little switch. You can, you know. You may actually be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. I did not time that statement to coincide with the magical music. It just happened because the Omnipod is magic. All right, listen. My daughter's been using an Omnipod since she was four years old. She's going to be 18 this summer. She's been wearing one every day for all of that time. It has been a fantastic partner with her and her insulin. Omnipod lets you bathe and swim without taking off your pump. That's a big deal. It allows you to uh, involve yourself in sports or other frolicking activities without having to take off your pump. When you take off your pump, you're not getting insulin anymore. And that's not okay. So all those tube pumps that have to come off when you're playing soccer or going for a run or whatever it is, I don't know, wherever you're like, you're roughhousing, you know what I mean? I'm saying sex, like stuff like that, right? You can leave your pump on for that when you have the Omnipod and then you get a nice, even delivery of insulin, just the way you're supposed to. There's no tubes to get caught on doors. Sure, that's a pretty cool thing, but Mainly, the Omnipod is small. It's very wearable. It goes right on to you, right? And then there's no tubes that come off of it. There's also no controller that's connected to the pod. So when you make decisions in the personal diabetes manager in the little PDM, that thing is wireless. You understand? Nothing's connected to you. Nothing has to hang on your belt. Nothing has to come off for you to get in the shower. It's pretty damn cool. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Head there now. See if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And if you're waiting for the Omnipod 5, there's no need. Because with the Omnipod Promise, you can start with the Dash today and switch to Omnipod 5 when it's covered by your insurance. No muss, no fuss. One link covers them all. You can get started today. You can find out more. You can learn about the Omnipod Promise. You can find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day supply of the Dash. 
or you can get full safety risk information and free trial terms and conditions. All these things, right? All this stuff that you might need. It exists in one place. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. For full safety risk information and Omnipod promise terms and conditions, just visit that link. There are also links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in right now and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Omnipod. I don't know what else I could tell you. It's awesome. Oh, you know what? I'm going to bleep that out. I'm not supposed to curse in the ads, but it really is awesome. I would just say, keep it simple. That's really all that it comes down to. Like I see, I see a lot of things about, um, my diabetic kiddo left the house again without their bag. What am I supposed to do? Like, depending on their age, you know, Mm -hmm. um, teenagers wise, keep everything in their car, keep maybe not a vial insulin, but pump supplies, Dexcom supplies, finger test supplies, like 16, 17 years old, they're going to want their car no matter what they're doing. And if it's in their car, they're always going to have it. Like I don't go anywhere without my car. I don't carry a big giant bag with supplies for me and the kid and the whole to do like that'd be a really big bag. I keep like a makeup case in my car with supplies. I carry a finger sticker and like loose lancets and strips and a little thing in my bag and call it a day does thing it, up a squimmy and call it a day does it wait pick up what uh, the squimmy i don't think i say it right the, the nasal injector i don't say it right <laughs> that's excellent your glucagon is the nasal injected glucagon you keep saying yeah you keep saying the squimmy i like that better don't worry um <laughs> so are you saying that big picture when you see parents of children with type one kind of you know, like doing too much, being upset and worrying about everything that you're saying, look, yeah, some of these things that you're worrying about, you, you don't need to be as worried about. So I feel, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. I mean, worry about it, but don't take it to the extreme. Yeah. Like I keep supplies for, for me at this point in my life, not in the past, at this point in my life, I keep supplies for me and the kid in the car at my mom's house. When I was in the office, I kept supplies in my desk and like, I never had to carry about it. Like, what am I, what else am I doing? I'm at work. I'm at my mom's or I'm at my own house. I don't need a giant thing of supplies. If I'm going to the grocery store, I don't need the whole 50 pound bag. If I'm going shopping for a couple hours, I don't need the whole 50 pound bag, you know? So I think vacation is a different story, but simple day-to-day activities is just simple. The way I see it is that people are online normally in a moment when they're unsure, like even look at you, like you found the podcast in a moment where you were unsure, right? So the people get online, Mm -hmm. they're new, they're trying to make sure everything's okay. They're, you know, parents are trying to keep their kids safe and there's overkill. And, but after time, I think you figure out what's overkill and what's necessary. A good example would be that Arden went back to high school this year after COVID for her senior year and it was like four days into it, like four days into the into the the new school year. And I said to her, do you think we should like take the nurse some supplies or something? And she's like, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> I, said, I said, OK, I said, uh, well, we'll just give her like an extra pod and some other stuff. And, you know, I'll give her your glucagon. 
And she's but like, can your school change it for her? Or she's pretty much it, you know, self-administering no, at this point, yeah, so would, they can't, doesn't even matter. No, they wouldn't touch her. I don't think anyone there's, I mean, not, not, I don't think no one's ever touched her in some pump or anything like that. I just mean like the, the idea of like, you know, you see people who spread juices boxes into every room their kid goes into, which by the way, at some point when my daughter was like six or seven, there was a little supply in every place that she'd be. But as she got older, yeah. that became less and less necessary. Arden has a small makeup bag with a juice box in it. Um, it has a contour next one, blood glucose meter in it. It has uh, a lance, uh, some test strips to go with the meter, Jivo hypo pen. I don't think there's anything else in there. And to be honest, she yeah. only she's only started carrying glucagon since it has become um, easier to carry. Like since since Jivok has happened, because prior to that, like I did not have her carry around like that big like that red box with all you know like yeah. And I don't remember carrying that thing around either as a child. Yeah, I just that's a it's a strange. I mean, I get it. Like if uh, she used to have them, like the nurse had one, but. I never yeah, had, I never always in the parents. school, the school box supply and, you know, in the home. But yeah, regular day to day carrying, it wasn't something that I thought to bring. Right. So I think that people, I mean, maybe not everyone, but I think everyone starts out super enthusiastic, <laughs> you know, and you've, you, I, you've seen the pictures online, like big, like plastic boxes. And there's, you know, <laughs> you know, label maker on the front to explain. Everything. I know. And I felt weird this year sending in my box, comparing my school boxes for the kid to everyone else's school boxes. I'm like, am I not doing this right? And like, <laughs> I felt weird about how little I sent, but like, she doesn't need anything. Right. Well, I don't need to go crazy. But so you don't have that feeling because you've lived through diabetes and you don't, you don't think like, oh, I have to have everything that we've ever owned that has anything to do with type one with us at all times. Yeah, right. pretty yeah. much. I just, it's, it's a regular, it, I said it to someone recently in another group that I'm in, um, something like walk hand in hand in your, di- with your diabetes. So you're not, you know, one or the other is not dragging the other around. Like if you know, you're not going to avoid certain foods, like just figure out how to bolus for it. If you, you know, like you don't need all of this extra nonsense all the time. Like there's a time and place for everything, but keep it easy on your regular day to day. You don't need an extra 50 pound bag. You could just breathe. It's okay. You're going to the grocery store. Who's going to rip a pot out? You know, Yeah. you're I, sitting calmly, the, the baby sitting calmly in the thing. I don't think they're going to, I mean, maybe a baby might, but you know, my six-year-old sitting in the car, she's not going to rip a pot off. I don't need to bring 50 pots with me in case of. Yeah. I, I have like a distance in my mind. It's a driving distance usually. If I'm going to be, you know, 30 minutes from the house, but we're just going to the mall and the and Arden's pods in like 18 hours old, I think yeah, this will be okay. If her pods, you know, almost at the, it's 70 hours old and we're going to the same place, I might think uh, I'll bring in yeah. the pump just in case only because I don't want to be there in the middle of something and then have to drive. Exactly. Home, yeah. Right. Like, but of- that's why I keep it all in the car already. If I'm if we're doing a family thing, I'm the one that's driving. I have the Jeep, you know, so yeah. I keep everything in the car already. If something happens, it's already in the car. Replace it next time I go home. Yep. Yeah. That's- it's not like a constant thought of it was just like that was one of the easy things that I could do because I 
I'm a headless chicken half the time. I'm run. Where's my phone? Where's my glasses? Where's this? Where's that? Imagine that with diabetes supplies. Where's my pod? Where's this? Where's that? Uh, where's my PDM? You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, if you a disaster. Listen, if you listen to more of the interview episodes, you'd know not to say stuff like that because your episode could easily get called headless chicken now. And then. oh, I would love that. Would be great, actually, <laughs> headless chicken. I thought it, I thought you were going to use the the two babies in a. Baby, I'm sorry, the lesbians and baby daddy co-parenting dual diabetes. No. I thought you were going to have something around those lines, Actually, but I'll take Headless Chicken. The last 42 <laughs> minutes have just been me basically trying not to ask you how often your ex tries to have sex with you and your partner. <laughs> so, I, like, or how many times he, like, playfully brings There's up. There's always your- one conversation on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> We do like a we do like a fagazi bar crawl kind of I don't know we take the kids trick or treating we go with a whole group of kids you know the adults have their drinks and the kids do the running and the candy thing mm-hmm. then we end up down at one of a bar at one of the bars where the kids could sit down and eat we sit down and eat and it's a good time yeah. so once those drinks start happening is when those happen. yeah <laughs> I, would, I would assume that's when the joke I mean and it's, it's all joking it's all joking so, of course yeah. like oh we have a cute kid right like uh, oh yeah yeah actually he's joking yeah. unless you say okay. Okay. And then he's not joking anymore. <laughs> it's like, all right, one time. For oh, fun. there's so many things I want to say, but they listen too. And they're great people. They're great people. So I don't want to say anything no, like that. They're great. It wouldn't anything like that would ever happen. I understand. <laughs> uh, I, uh, well, I'm glad I got that off my, my, the back of my brain. Now. I don't have to think about that anymore. He only asks once, <laughs> once every year when they're drunk. Maybe joke, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. How do you handle being, are you, do you drink? still or do you not how do you i actually i do i do drink um i do live in a legal state recreational wise as well but i wouldn't say that's a everyday type thing i definitely do not for those listening who have heard me talk about recovery and programs and things like that i don't count time i don't do any of those types of things but i live in a legal state and alcohol is legal too so okay so (laughs) so for you the harder like avoiding the harder stuff is yeah i won't even take tylenol if i had a headache i don't take you know uh mite all if i have my period i don't like i stay away from that type of stuff interesting okay um yeah that's <laughs> no, really it's uh it's a not a world i completely understand but i have enough conversations <laughs> where i'm starting to figure it out uh, but it's so it's nice to yeah hear i mean i do. i know my limits i know when certain things shouldn't be a discussion like if we start talking about one thing too long you know Let's not do that. Have this conversation anymore. It's the idealization of the other things that'll get you nervous. Ah, so you could have like thoughts that you'd be afraid would lead you to an action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. And that's something I've learned from the program and things like that. Gotcha. So you stay away from that kind of thing. How how much? Yeah. Um, do you do you mentor anybody or does someone mentor you or do you not do that? Oh no, no. I'm an isolated, isolated little work from home thing. I just. I, you know, I upload my gluco every night and go through all my data and then I do the kids and then I send out the group text message to the, you know, other half of the kids family and say, hmm, look at this from today. Should we change this? So I've replaced it with diabetes is really what I've done. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're putting with my list making and my diabetes. Yeah, you're putting, <laughs> you're putting your effort into this, which is work, yeah. obviously working out really well because your A1Cs again are terrific and your ranges are, do you keep the, I like that you call her the kid. Do you keep the kid? It's range like yours or is hers different? Um, my follow alerts go off at 160, okay. but her phone alerts, because, you know, I have her on a regular phone 
phone so I could read it in school. I have them set the highest so they don't really go off and bother in school. Okay. So but you she has tell. a little bit more leeway than me. So you know prior to when somebody who's with her knows. And like, so yours will beep at once. Oh, they, everyone has the, the follow app on their, oh, okay. you know, on their phone. Everyone either, you know, has the sugar made on their watch or whatever the case may be. We're all crazy. I'm actually looking at, um, oh, I don't know if I could say it because it's a thing. Am I allowed to say things what do you like mean? products? Yeah, I don't care. I have one of those. I just, my partner just bought me one of those or two rather, because it was a two pack. They were kind of expensive. FYI. Um, one of those glow coast balls, like the glowy thing that connects to the sugar mate. And like, I could see my sugars and stuff like that, like in color. I've seen people talking about them online. I've never seen them. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I've seen it on your, on, on the Facebook your Facebook, page. the yeah. glow coast thing. So I'm looking at that right now for everyone's colors. Just <laughs> wow. Well, hey, Glucose, yeah. if you uh, experience a uptick in sales and try to figure out that it came from here, I'd be open to selling you ads. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great product, guys. So it's like a little like. <laughs> but light, I don't work for them. Like a ball, right? That it changes colors or does, yeah, it, does it make noise? Exactly. Does it make it's noise? It's like a little that? LED ball. When she's low, it's red. And then the higher her number goes, it goes to like violet. No. Oh. And when she's in range, it's green. Like right now, I'm at. You made me nervous in the beginning, so I, you know, tempted my basil earlier today, and I ended up dipping a little bit. I ate a couple of skittles, and now I jumped up to 147. So my bowl is blue, but I could see that I'm okay and steady. <laughs> so you, you, you were nervous to come on the podcast. I was. I normally most days I have to temp my basil up because of work for right. the most part anyway. Yeah. So. I increased it a little bit more. I got stuck at like 130 and then, you know, I bumped it up just a little bit too much and came down to like 120. I thought a Skittle would fix it, but it didn't fix it. Now I'm 147. <laughs> wow. Uh, you, you're really on top. It's interesting to talk to somebody who went from like not paying attention to it to paying attention to it. So did you always know how to handle it or did like the advent of the CGM help you understand it better? Like, or was it the pro tip episodes? Like, why do you, why are you so good um, at it now? I don't know, to be completely honest. I just, I don't know. You just I, figured it out. Or you cared. Yeah, it just happened, I guess. It just, it just kind of happened. It might have more to do with, you know, with the kids, since we're going to call her that. Because mm -hmm. they're following her numbers too. So like, if I have her and like, her number's a little bit out of range, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to text me and they're going to yell at me because her sugars are so high and I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was just more of like a felt like being watched type thing. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to do better or show off maybe. I don't know. So somewhere between accountability and peacocking. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <clears throat> well, accountability Even seems like important. What? I'm sorry. I'm saying uh, accountability seems important to you. I, like, I think that's how a lot of your, like, I think that's a lot of the ways that you've helped yourself is to be accountable, yeah. you know, to her during your pregnancy or to yourself or her for her diabetes or to other people in your life um, because you've taken responsibility for a baby and other people care about that. So you want to be accountable. Like, and that accountability seems to work for you. It yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't so make not you I guess feel, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make you feel badly, right? Like you don't feel pressure. No, I I like knowing that my word, you know, what I say means what I say, and like I, I can you know answer that. If if you have a question, I'm not 
nervous to answer it. My authenticity, I guess. Yeah. I'm real. You have not felt so. I want to me. people to believe that. You know, yeah. like I didn't want to come on to you and lie that you know I wasn't a drug addict and I've been doing this great all these years. No, like I was a drug addict. I had horrible blood sugars. I ended up cleaning myself up, took a little bit better care, and then yeah. now it's now a, exactly a peacock thing. Were you um? Were you lying to people during a big part of your life? About everything. Okay. About everything, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you see the stars last night? No, it was cloudy. Why would you say that? I don't know. No idea. Just not nothing was real. Yeah, nothing was real. I guess because the 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 life quote unquote that I was living didn't I didn't want it to be real, so I said whatever I wanted to say just to Howard Stern, quote unquote. I wanted to say things to get a reaction out of people. I see. What um when you're living like that, you're aware that you don't want to be or no? Um, I guess at one point I had to be aware to make the decision to, you know, to make an actual decision to do something different. They say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. If you do the same thing over and over again, you're always going to get the same result. So if you do something different, that result is going to change. And that I use in diabetes all the time. Is there, is there, I'm going to, I'm going to re-ask my question because I'm not sure I was clear. Um, oh, did I not answer? I'm no, no, no. It's talking. not that you didn't answer. I, I definitely wasn't clear. I'm, I'm going to say that, like, is there a moment in your life where you're using and you're consciously thinking, I don't want to do this, but then you do it anyway, or do you not consciously know that you want to not want to be or shouldn't be doing what you're doing like what's is there any conflict while you're doing or does it just feel like the right thing um it was always a conflict okay i you know i didn't want to steal my mom's jewelry and i didn't want to pawn it at the pawn store and i didn't want to use it for x y and z but i still did it and i still got caught you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm so you're standing in that pawn shop. Are you thinking, I cannot believe I'm selling this, but I need to because I need the money for drugs? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, that's how it feels. That's what it was. All right. So it's not like an abandonment of your morality. It's just that it's been, it's being held down by the addiction. Like the morality is not as important as the addiction. Is that how that works? Um, uh, I I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm not really sure how it works. It's just I don't even know what the word to put to it is. It just didn't matter. Like you know, as long as I could do this, I'd be able to get through this. If I could get this, I can get through this day. If I had X, Y, and Z, I can go through my normal work day. Right. I see. Okay. So it's it just, just yeah. Yeah, it was just forced. I willingly handed everything over to it because I had no other option. Or at least I thought once I realized I had the option to stop is when the whole thing changed. Yeah. Um, And I think that comes into play with everything, with with diabetes, with with everything. Once you make that decision that you're going to handle it better or do something different, like and you willingly make that choice every moment. then that's that. So to you, if I'm going to extrapolate here a little bit, but to you, if you can be addicted like that and recognize that that doesn't have to be your world and get out of it, then you're saying that, or then the the assumption here is that around diabetes management, if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, like, oh, I can't do this, or this is more than I can do, the truth is 
you probably can do it. Exactly. Have, yeah. Exactly. Okay. You just sort of have to decide to let go. Of yeah. The thing Every, everything is. And, and that's what I took away from, from all of those years of, of using was that once I made a decision, like I can stick to that. Like my word meant something, which is why I didn't want to come on and lie about that type of stuff because yeah. I wanted my word to mean something. So like I, now I've made a decision to upload my gluco every day because my phone buzzes at a certain time so I can make sure I go through my data. And if I willingly make that decision, I can consciously take care of my blood sugars to ensure I feel better the next day. Yeah, that's excellent. I also want to try to give you a little bit of comfort. Like, Ashley, if you came on this podcast and decided not to talk about your addiction, you could be <laughs> honest about your life without lying to me. Like, omitting something wouldn't be lying. Now, if you change the story or make yes, things up. And yes and no. Right. Some, you know. But to you, it would feel like lying. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate that a lot. I wanted everyone to know that, like, you know, no matter where they are at their diabetes, diabetes management or where they are in their personal life choices, like, there's always an opportunity to do better. There's always a, a, a way to get yourself out of a situation if you're struggling with whatever type of food and like, you really don't want to let go of those lucky charms. Like I did that with the kids. She wanted the stupid lucky charms. So I spent like two weeks with playing with pre-bolusing and timing and manipulation of insulin and pulling it here and cutting it back from there. And like, I realized that just yesterday she can, you know, take X, Y, and Z of whatever her ratios are, because I don't want to give dosing instructions. Yeah. Then I added seven minutes of jump roping to the stupid thing, and her sugar stayed fine. She topped out at 130 with Lucky Charms, came back down. I caught her with, like, three apple slices, and she stayed at, like, 90. And, like, that took me so long to do. Yeah. But I made the choice to continue trying to get it right. And that's that's why addiction is so part of my diabetes now. After it happened, did you run around the house singing the Lucky Charms song? Like, did you ever find yourself thinking, this is magically delicious? I've done it. Like, I, you sound like you were really proud. I would have been super Honestly, proud I think I was pissed because my blood sugar was high. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I did a very similar thing with, you know, with cereal at one point. I just kept pushing and kept pushing until I figured out <laughs> what did it. And like you said, it was, I felt, it's crazy because Arden doesn't really eat cereal any longer. Um, but mm -hmm. when it happened in that moment, we did all the things that you kind of outlined. Like we tried, didn't do a good job of it. Didn't have the right tools, didn't have the right understanding. So she stopped eating it. And then one day I thought, I do have the tools and understanding now. I bet you I could bolus for this. And then I figured out how to do it. And then one day she just sort of grew out of eating cereal anyway. and was like, I don't want this anymore. I was like, all right, well, at least I know I can do it. And then you apply what you've learned to a different situation or a different meal. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then you just kind of grow with it. It's kind of. Exactly. It, it just takes time. Everything takes time. Like no matter where you start, you know, if you start on level ground or in a hole, if you just keep at it, eventually you get to the other side. I, I had this sort of weird... Um, I was interviewing someone recently who had been married a number of times and was a much older person, meaning like a person in their 70s. And it was super interesting to hear her talk about times in her life that just were memories at this point. Like she had lived an entire life with a man, 
right? Like they had been married and had children and owned a home and put their children through school and and um, he passed. And then there was time and then she met another person and then lived another 35 years. And to hear her, like, I'm not, I'm not saying this right, but there was something. I know what you're trying to say, the different lifetimes and lifestyles. Inside, I know where you're going. Different with that. lifetimes inside of a lifetime, and how mm-hmm. how she could remember back to that first one with just kind of joy. She only remembered the good stuff, and that none of the painful things that people think about day to day existed in her memory at all. And exactly. I, I was incredibly like buoyed by that. I thought, wow, like that's amazing. So so things, little things that you worry about day to day. Are, are genuinely meaningless. And if you if you could find a way to understand that in the moment, everything would be so much better. And I wonder how then would you look back? Like, I realize not everybody's going to have a couple of, like, families in a lifetime. Not everybody's going to live into their late 80s kind of thing. But there's a, there's a lesson from that, you know, that, um, and I think you've kind of figured it out too. Like, you've lived through a really bad thing that's now not part of your life anymore. And yeah, and I, I do, I, I do feel like that. I feel like three different people living inside one body type of thing. <laughs> yeah, and the further you get away from that time in your life, the more it'll just seem like um, an education that you received, and less, I imagine, it'll feel like disappointment or pain. But you have to stay alive. I, yeah, I guess it. so. Yeah, kind of yeah. like talking about things that happened, like in. For, for you, maybe like things that happened at the beginning of yours and your wife's marriage, you know, talking about like that one really big fight that you guys had, like now you're not screaming at each other. You could laugh about it now type thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's a big, there's a big existential thought in there that you, I'm going to leave everyone listening on their own to at the end of this episode, just to think about on your own. But if you stay alive long enough and you persevere and you don't give up everything you worried about in the past kind of doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right. <laughs> Ashley, is there also Ashley and the kid is in my mind for a title as well. <laughs> so we'll go back and forth and figure it out. Is there any- Ashley and the kid works? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You you sounded like you liked headless chicken. Better. Oh, the headless chicken and the kid. That could work. <laughs> I'll take chicken. that. I'll tell you right now. Headless chicken and the kid. Done deal. That's it right there. <laughs> I'm going to make a note to myself so I don't forget. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you hope to bring up today? Um, I would just say keep it simple for everyone who's listening. Lower, don't let your high alarms go off at 180. If you're not comfortable with your blood sugar at 180, set the alarms to go off earlier. Like, Keep little easy go bags in your main designated places. Like, Just take things easy. You're going to be dealing with this forever. Like. Yeah. You always trip over the, you know, you never trip over the the big rock. It's always the little rocks that you trip over all the time. So just stay easy and know what you need. That's all. That's it. All know right. how you feel. Ashley, thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I oh, hope, I I hope, hope you did so. too. <laughs> do you feel like you did what you wanted to do? Oh, I maybe. I don't know. I just like talking and I thought it would be fun to talk with you. I fangirled really hard when, when I saw that post that you put up and I was like, I'm going to blow this guy's mind and I'm going to send him a wild email. And it worked, obviously, because here I am. <laughs> Do you think this is an After Dark episode? Probably. Yeah. 
It might be. I think probably. I think you might be right. Um, I'm fascinated, like really, that you wanted to do this so much, um, but that you didn't feel, but you don't feel particularly. Do you think there'll be a? Let me ask a different question. Do you think there'll be a time where you'll get more out of listening to other people's stories? I think I'm just half lazy, half doing too much all the time. I've definitely listened to you know the more commonly spoken about ones. Right. But I just, I don't know. I, I got too much, I think, to sit down and listen to someone. All right. We're <laughs> going to have to get you a job where you're not wearing a headset so you can do other stuff. Yeah, exactly. I sit here with the headset. I get calls. If, you know, when the person hangs up, I get another call three seconds in. It's not like I could sit there and uh, yeah. Facebook and listen to things. It's, it is what it is. It pays my bills. My insurance is great. <laughs> so <laughs> excellent. I'll take it. Is there, I don't, uh, don't think of this as weird, but I would like you to speak a sentence that um, includes the words pissed off, coffee, and call. Um, uh, let's think about how we could do that real quickly. I got pissed oh, off. Oh, I got it right now. Go ahead. You ready? Yeah. I don't even need the prompting. So I was drinking my coffee and I received this call from whoever it was, right? I was talking to Dolly Johansson and they were telling me how their husband was yelling at them and, you know, it pissed her off so much I spilt my coffee. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Um, and by the way, we might now have to change the episode title to Molly Johansson. I don't <laughs> just that was fantastic. I don't know where you came up with that, but that was wonderful. I love your accent. Uh, have and- you seen have you seen the imposters on Netflix? No. I think what oh my God. Well, that's where it came from. One of the main girls, her her hidden name is Johnson without an H. They say it all the time. And then one of her names she pretends to be is Molly. So it just clicked. No, but watch no. The Imposters. What do you mean you don't watch The Imposters? I'm almost, That's why I can't listen to the episodes because I'm watching Netflix. I'm almost done Squid Games. Uh, my son is badgering me to watch What If. And um, okay, I don't okay. know. I have, I have. That's pretty much it. So oh, Imposters is good. It's the. Did you watch Lucifer by any chance? My wife watches Lucifer. I don't watch it. The the girl or the actress rather, um, who plays Eve in Lucifer is the main character of Imposters. So okay. it's a good show. All right, all right. I'm on it. Nice I'll... to look at. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying, Ashley. I got you. Well then maybe I'll take it. Maybe I'll check it out then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find out if you're uh uh if, if what you're attracted to is what I'm attracted to. I'll 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 Google in a second and try to figure it out. Um, she doesn't look like my my wife or almost wife we're getting married in april but she doesn't look like her at all two different people congratulations i didn't realize you were getting married Um, oh yeah it's a whole to-do over here diabetes is uh the least of my worries for the most part (laughs) so i I mean we're done now but let's just do this while we're together so lucifer (laughs) i'm sorry don't be don't be this is the end people you can go if you want people but i'm going to figure out who this actress actress is for a second um lucifer the dark-haired girl actress all right. In Bar Lavi? I got her. It's funny. Um, I just looked like a bunch of women popped up in front of me on Google, and I went to the one with the dark hair right away, too. So you and I might be on the same page, Ashley. All right. So this she she's about your speed? I mean, she's nice to look at, but my wife is blonde. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. All right. Um, so you don't care. Blonde, brunette, tall, short, doesn't matter to you? Um, 
I don't even know if it's a gender thing, if we even want to have that part of conversation. Gotcha. I like how you make me feel. Like, obviously, I had some type of feelings for my daughter's father, right? Like, we have right. a baby together, you know? So it's a but vibe. like, yeah. Yeah. How they make me feel, who they are as a person. Like, I've been, me and my partner have been doing this dance for 12 years, you know, three years on, then we broke up, and then, you know. We're back on like four years at this point with a engagement and a wedding and da 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 da. I got you. <laughs> by the way, I'm fascinated by how short actors and actresses are. Like as soon as this like uh, picture of Inbar popped up, I'm like, that is a tiny little person. And then that made me Google uh, Inbar lobby height. She's five three. You know, she's probably lying about that. So um, oh, probably. Yeah. My license says five three too. I'm not five three. You're not five three. How tall are no, you? No, I'm a little bit shorter. Maybe I'm like five, maybe five one, five two in reality. <laughs> I say five three, Scott, but I'm four eleven. Um, <laughs> all right, we're definitely done now. I I really appreciate this. Hold on one second. Oh, I appreciate you. I loved it. <laughs> oh, thank you. First off, a huge thank you to Ashley for coming on the show and sharing her story so openly with all of us. And of course, I'd also like to thank Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod Promise. Head over now to omnipod.com forward slash juice box to get started today. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And don't forget to find 10 minutes today to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry, fill out the survey, Help people with type 1 diabetes. I'm going to say a few things after the music, but if you don't want to hear them, just hear this and go. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Okay, quick stuff. Little uh, what they call housekeeping for the podcast. Check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. A private group where people are talking about using insulin. How many members are there? 22,000 and counting. Earlier, I may have said 23,000, but I got ahead of myself. We're almost at 23,000. I mean, listen, it's a lot of people. They're all really cool. You should check it out. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Are you looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip Series? It begins at episode 210 in your podcast player. It's also available at diabetesprotip.com and juiceboxpodcast.com. If you're newly diagnosed and don't understand a lot of the words you're hearing around diabetes, the Defining Diabetes series begins at episode 236. There are currently 36 episodes that are defined. You can also find those at juiceboxpodcast.com and at diabetesprotip.com. We have just finished the Defining Thyroid series, which began at episode 616. That's a 10-episode series about thyroid disease. Don't miss it. Trust me. Trust. There's a lot to know, but it's easier to understand than you think. And when you have good information, your thyroid care will be a lot better. And so will your life. What else do I want to tell you about before I go? I am mm. a fan of the variable series that begins at episode 491. That's 22 episodes where Jenny Smith and I talk about variables that impact your life with type 1. Some of them are expected, and some of them not so much. How about like pump site placement? 
alcohol, hydration, travel, jumping on a trampoline, and so much more. Diabetes Variable Series begins at episode 491. Do you ever eat french fries and an hour and a half later your blood sugar goes up and you don't know why? Does that happen to you? You might want to check out episode 360, Defining Diabetes Fat and Protein Rise, and episode 263, Diabetes Pro Tip, Fat and Protein. You also might want to look at episode 264, Bolusing for Keto, or episode 471, Bolusing Insulin for Fat. How about that? Did you know you might need insulin for fat and protein? You do now. Head over and check it out. There are so much to choose from at the Juice Box Podcast. Something for everyone, you might say. Lastly, if you're loving the show and you think you might know somebody else who would love it too, please take the time to share the show. It is how it grows. It is the only way that it grows. Word of mouth. So get out there and tell a friend. Like I said before, I really appreciate you listening, and I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.